This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 120. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. This week, I want to revisit the concept of focus. A few weeks ago, I talked about focusing your mind and organizing your life on a podcast. I think it was in February. And on that podcast, I said that I would revisit this subject because it's such a big subject for me and a lot of us. And it causes a lot of feelings of overwhelm. It causes us a lot of distraction and procrastination. And so I just wanted to revisit it, explore a little bit about what it means to me, and then perhaps give you some tools to try to help with your own feelings of feeling unfocused and overwhelmed. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get started on that, I want to welcome you back if you are a frequent listener. I appreciate your attention and the support that you give me so much. I've been hearing from so many of you lately about what you like about the podcast and how it's affecting your life, and I appreciate that, and I just think it's amazing. I've also had many of you signing up for free coaching, so I love that. Whether you just get one coaching for free or whether you decide to go for it, um, it's great to just do it and see what it's all about and learn about it. So thank you so much. If you're new to the podcast, I want to thank you for giving me a try and listening today. I really appreciate it. My mission with the Veterinary Life Coaching is to help people that work in and around this veterinary profession enjoy everything about it. I love veterinary medicine. I've loved it my whole life, even on the bad days. I try to love it and I work to love it. And I want to work to bring you tools to manage the way you think about our career. And then um, I just want you to be able to use some of these tools to make your life better. When I discovered life coaching, I could not believe that it was a real thing. It sounded so out there to me, and I was just really excited that I could start getting a handle on life coaching and and learn how to do it myself, but I, I just realized that I had missed out on these tools for so many years, and I don't want any of you to miss out on them because it will truly change your life. It sounds, when you when you talk about life coaching, it sounds very unscientific, but it really is a very scientific thing. It pulls all the tools from psychology and behavioral psychology. So once I discovered what coaching could do for me, I decided to launch into working to share these tools with you. I think that everybody needs to have a coach. And I coach everyone, including veterinarians, because I've lived that life. I have a full-time working veterinary family, owning a clinic, leadership life. And because I've been through all that and then learned to become a life coach, I just knew that life coaching was the great addition to my veterinary career. So if you want to learn more about that, learn more about life coaching, go to my website and you will find my blog, my Wednesday weekly words, 
my podcast. Obviously, you've already found that. And there's a place there you can sign up for free coaching if you want to just meet with me or talk to me or just have questions, you can email me. Also, if you've listened to me before, you've heard that my adult children are both artists and something really exciting happened this week. I want to share it with you. My son Tristan put out a new song with his business partner, Nathan. The song is called Bub Guzzler, and you can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, and many of the other services. If you enjoy the music that you hear on my podcast, this is the music that Tristan and Nathan write and record. So go search on DRBB Music, tristancapel.com, or look up the title Bub Guzzler by DRBB. And you'll see that new song that they put out. And you can actually dance to it. I've been dancing to it all morning this morning. Um, it's it's an early day when I have work off. And so I, I like to put on music that you can dance to while I work around the house. So it's, it's really fun music. So go look at the artwork that they um, have with it and listen to the song, Bub Guzzler. Also, just to give my daughter Bridget also a plug, you can go to her website to hear her sing. She's an opera singer. She gives voice lessons. She's a photographer. She is a graphic artist. She does all kinds of amazing things. So go to her. Oh, and she has a YouTube channel. So go look up Bridget Capel and watch her YouTube videos and uh, check her out. She's amazing as well. I love you, Bridget and Tristan. So that is my proud mom advertisement. Okay. So now that I've gotten all of those unfocused tangents out of the way, let's get into this topic again of focus. The Webster's definition of focus is interesting, and there's several. The first one is a center of activity, attraction, or attention, or a point of concentration. It's also defined as direct attention or emphasis. The other definition that I thought was also quite interesting is adjustment for distinct vision, as in focus of the eye or focus of a lens. And I like this last definition because it gives me a visual representation for something that I am constantly working on. I think of focus as an activity, but if I can visualize it as in a lens of me focusing on something, it helps me narrow in my vision on the activity or the goal that I'm focusing on. And so I really like that visual representation. If I can think of the focus of a microscope or the focus, focus of a lens, it helps me understand what I'm trying to accomplish. So this idea of thinking about focus as being at the other end of a lens so that we can narrow down to one thing for concentration or emphasis and blur out all of the other things around it, we can use that visualization to think of our brain focusing in a way that helps us not to see the distractions around us. When I'm trying to focus on something and I start to feel my mind going somewhere else, I can just visualize that lens and blur out all the things around. So if you know me or you've listened to me before, you know that one of my stories is about the fact that I don't know how to focus. Where did this story come from? Where did my interest in focus and where did my story about focus come from? 
And I thought if we talked about this, it might help you because I'm sure there are stories in your brain that tend to drive you and run you. So I have this story in my brain that I developed in childhood that I am not a focused person. It's one of my biggest struggles and one of the things that I work on the most when I'm coaching myself or when I'm getting coaching. I have been coached on this story in my brain many, many times, and it's very deeply ingrained in my brain. That little chihuahua brain of mine loves this story. And because I have done lots of work on this story, I can usually overcome my brain and get focused to get things done. And I have accomplished many amazing things in my life. So working on this area of focus is something that I struggle to do and I will continue to struggle to do because I have this brain story. And I'm sure that you can all relate to this. There are stories in your brain, right? So much of my story comes from something that happened to me in junior high school and something that one of my teachers said to me when I was young. I had written a paper, and it was in some government class, so it was a government project that we were assigned, and I remember this particular project. I worked super hard on this paper. I researched it. I wrote it to the best of my ability, and I even did some artwork on the cover of this project that I did before I turned it in, and I was under the impression that I did an amazing job. Now, my teacher at the time was this super intimidating, super scary guy. He was just this intimidating figure to me. He was bald, he was stern, he was loud, and he was a little bit mean. He could be very mean to the students, so I was a little bit afraid of him, to be quite honest. He really loved my best friend because he was a friend of her family's. So my very best friend in junior high and still to this day was in the same class with me. And my friend is one of these people that is naturally brilliant. She has a photographic memory. She always got straight A's in every class. And so we were best buddies. And so I always was a little bit... um feeling second class to her because she was so brilliant but I love her dearly and I love her dearly to this day so anyway she was in class with me with this teacher and he really liked her and after I turned in this paper and felt very proud of myself um, I remember this teacher calling me up to his desk and telling me that he was giving me a b minus on this paper because he was of the opinion that I could do better He told me it was a good paper, but it could have been better. He told me that I was the type of person that was smart enough to get ahead, but I was not focused enough to ever be very successful. And he compared me to my friend and told me that because I didn't put in enough effort, that I would always be second rate to her. And so that is what he said to me. And not in those exact words, but that was how it felt to me and how it sounded to me. And so I remember this conversation very distinctly because I was pretty heartbroken. I really thought that this paper was amazing. And he basically told me it wasn't. He made me question myself. He gave me this internal story that I was not or ever would be good enough or successful enough. And because I was so heartbroken, I remember it. 
even to this day, I have this very distinct memory of this story. So I know that this is where my thoughts come from, that I am not a focused human being. So when you have a negative self story in your brain, it usually comes from somewhere or something that someone said to you or something that happened to you when you were either a child or an adolescent or even in a, as an adult. And it sticks with you if it really is emotionally poignant. If there, if there is some big emotion tied to it, you will remember this, this story. So your work is to understand where this story comes from. And I really do understand where my unfocused story comes from. And then work to change the beliefs that you have about the things that you think about this story. So you need to challenge that voice in your little chihuahua brain that tells you you are less than. My chihuahua brain tells me that I'm not focused. So in order to challenge this story in your brain, there are some things that you can ask yourself. Is this story accurate? And in my case, at the time, maybe it was accurate. Maybe I didn't put in the best effort. But also, maybe it was just this man's way of getting me to work harder. Or maybe it was just his opinion. Maybe I was working to maximum capacity. So was this story accurate? If I sit back and question it, maybe it was. But maybe it was just one man's opinion. And then ask yourself, what are the facts of the story? The facts for my story were I wrote a paper and then he said something to me about it. Those were the facts. Was it a good paper? Was it a B minus paper? I don't know. It was his opinion that it, it was a B minus paper, but perhaps not. So that's not a fact. The only facts were that I wrote it and that he said something to me about it. So then the next question is, what are the negative thoughts that I have related to this story? So on some level, I believed the story. I believed him that I was not good enough and I was not as good as my friend and I never would be. And that he challenged my future success. Those are my negative thoughts around this story. Now, the next question to ask yourself is, are there any positives around this story? And yeah, when I really think about it, yes, there are great positives to this story. Because it was so emotional to me and because I remember it, it really kicked me in the butt. I did work harder on the next projects. I did remember this. Anytime I, I go to do something, I'll remember the fact that, you know, maybe you're not putting in your best effort. And so this was probably his point, right? He was probably trying to give me a little kick in the ass and he actually did. So that's a positive, even though... At the time, it was so negative and it felt so devastating to me. When I really think about it, there are some positives to this story. And there are good reasons that I hang on to it to this day. And then another question you can ask yourself about your story is, how are your actions proving this story true? And so when I procrastinate something, I'm proving this story, right? And so I can tell myself, oh, right now you're procrastinating, do you want to continue to push this narrative in your head that you are not focused? Or do you want to try to become more focused? And then what actions can I take to prove the story false? And I can look at the accomplishments, the many things that I've accomplished, and realize that the story is really false. 
it's not true that I'm unfocused. And then the last question that I can ask myself and you can ask yourself is why do you choose to hang on to this story? Why do you like this story? Why does my Chihuahua brain like this story? All those questions help me to challenge that Chihuahua brain because the beliefs that we have about ourselves are often just thoughts that we continue to think over and over again. So a belief is just thoughts. And if you believe that you're unfocused, it's because that you think that you are unfocused. And your brain has this biasy to look for proof of that hypothesis, right? So every time I don't do something I thought I wanted to do, I have proof that I'm unfocused. So my brain, when I start to do something, wants me to be distracted or move on to another task so I can prove that negative thought bias. My thoughts are telling me that because I am not a focused person, that I can't do something. So if I think that I am not a focused person, then I have to question that belief by thinking something different. And then what I choose to think of is, of course you know how to focus. You graduated with honors from high school. You got into college. You bought a hospital. You ran it well. You have an amazing team that works for you. You know how to focus. You write a blog every week. You publish a podcast every week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when my brain starts telling me that I'm not focused, I have to choose different thoughts to change that belief. And all the things that I do require focus, right? So that little voice in my head telling me that I'm unfocused needs to be challenged. That chihuahua needs to go from being angry and scared to being confident. You know the little chihuahuas that come in on a leash and act like big dogs and take on the pit bull? That's who I want my chihuahua to be. Not that scared little frightened one that bites when you try to pet it. So when my chihuahua says I'm not focused, I have to say, oh no, not today my friends. I'm getting things done today. I am focused but not finished. And that's a quote that I stole from Chris Hogan. He says, I am focused, but not finished. And I love that because it really helps me change that negativity bias that I have to being unfocused. So if you have a negative story in your head, ask yourself these questions. And I'm just going to go through them briefly again. Is the story accurate? What are the facts of the story? What negative thoughts do I have related to this story? Are there any positives that came out or surround this story? How are my actions proving this story to be true? And what actions can I take to prove this story false? And then the last one is, why do I choose to hang on to the story? So any story, whether yours is about focus or whether it's about something else, imposter syndrome, any of those things, use those questions to really challenge your brain. So now let's go through a few steps on what we can do to focus on any goal this week or this year and work to become more focused. So the first thing I would say is check your stories, right? If you have a story like I do, that's keeping yourself from doing or being your best, question it. Do a thought download about it. Really question your thoughts that are creating that negative belief about yourself. Question each thought that you have and ask yourself if you really want to keep it. You have the power to choose a new thought. You have the power to choose more productive thoughts that are kind, 
to yourself. So once you have some new thoughts, practice them. If you practice your new thoughts, you'll start to change that internal story. My favorite thought that I came up with one of my coaches about my focus story, and we came up with this one day, and I love it. I keep it posted so I can read it every day. My quote is, I have proven that I am focused. I will do what I say I will do. And so if I can keep that in my mind and check that story with that new thought, I can overcome it and remain focused. The next thing you can do is set up the environment around you for focused success. So what I mean by that is keep your workspace clean or the area that's cluttered in your life, whether it's your desk, your computer, you know, screen. Sometimes I have 18 things open on my computer screen and my husband looks at it and says, how can you focus with all those things open? And I have to really look at it and say, oh yeah, that's really distracting, isn't it? I have 18 projects open on my computer screen. It's pulling away from my focus. So clean that up, clean up that clutter, close all those files that you have open, put them in little file folders on your on your uh, laptop so that they're in an organized space and you have less clutter around you. If you have one space in your life that's clear of clutter, it allows you to focus better. And then the next thing you can do is put away the media, whether it's the TV, the social media, the phone, any of those things, put that away because those things are super distracting and they will rob you for your from your focus. In fact, when I was writing this podcast, I looked at my phone like three times. I went on Facebook. I looked up my son's song that I wanted to talk to you about. Like I kept getting distracted because my phone was right next to me. And so put that away. It robs you of your precious time. Limit your access to it, whether you have to, you know, put the phone in your purse or put it somewhere else in the house, turn it off, whatever you have to do. And then put a plan in your day to allow yourself a limited amount of social media time. If you have to schedule it, schedule it so it doesn't eat up hours and hours and hours. Give yourself 30 minutes of social media time. Because if you enjoy it, fine, enjoy it. Just don't let it rob you of your focus. Another thing that I encourage people to do is schedule your downtime. And really scheduling it first is super important, right? Your brain needs rest. Focus takes a lot of mental energy and none of us can do it for long periods of time. Even if you're super focused, if you love detail, it's a really difficult thing to do forever. I was talking to my daughter about this when we were together a couple of weeks ago because she's an introvert and she loves working on her computer. That seems to be her happy place. And we were doing something together and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to take a break. My brain is going to explode. And she said, yeah, she said, I can do this for hours and hours and hours, but sometimes even I get a little frazzled. So taking a break is a big part of staying focused. And so she knows her brain. She can do it a lot longer than I can. I have to know my brain. And don't shame yourself for needing some self-care. A lot of us use self-care as shame, right? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about how they were shaming themselves because they couldn't meditate. And I thought that was pretty funny, right? Meditation is supposed to be relaxing. If it's not relaxing to you, don't do it. Don't shame yourself into meditation. If it works for you, great. If yoga works for you, great. If social media works for you, great. Don't 
wrap shame around anything that you think you should be doing because that just adds more stress to your brain. So schedule in some downtime in order to give your brain a rest, whatever that means for you. For my daughter, it might be doing something on the computer. She might enjoy watching a YouTube video or something like that. My brain needs to get away from the computer. So knowing yourself and what you need to do for yourself is super important. The other thing you need to do is break down the big goals into small steps. Little baby steps are way easier to focus on than huge tasks. Huge tasks seem overwhelming. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you have this big thing you want to get done, then you need to break that goal down into smaller steps. And that even means your day. You know, sometimes we look at our day and it feels super overwhelming. If you look at the schedule at your workplace and you see that you're completely slammed with appointments and you read through that in the morning, your brain is going to go crazy, right? Because you're going to think, oh my gosh, this day is going to kill me. But if you don't look at the day and you just focus on each appointment as it comes along and you just take those baby steps to get through your day, it will allow your brain more time. It will allow your brain to take it easy. So each little step you accomplish will reward you with some success, right? It'll create momentum. So breaking big things down into little things is so helpful. And the one thing I really love to do, and it helps me so much, and I know I've talked about this before, is give yourself a time limit for something that you want to accomplish. If I set my timer and give myself an hour to write a blog, I will usually get it done within that hour. If I sit down to just write a blog with no time limit, I can sit there for four or five hours, which doesn't allow me to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So let's take, for example, you need to create a space for success. You need to create that cleaned up environment, right? And right now you're looking at your desk and I'm sitting here looking at mine and it's a little bit cluttered. I have my planner here. I have some file folders from some people that I coached. I have some of my coaching programs that I'm working on. I have my pad of paper that I take notes on when I'm coaching people. I've got a bottle of water here. I've got my phone that's on silent, obviously. So it's a little bit cluttered right now. It's not terrible. I've been in worse situations, but right now it's a little cluttered, right? And you might have just heard the ding of my phone because I think something dinged. Anyway, if I want to clean up this clutter, I need to give myself a time limit, right? Because if I say I'm going to clean it up today, Chances are I'm going to procrastinate, I'm going to put it off, I'm going to take forever, it's not going to get done. If I say, okay, after this podcast is recorded, I'm going to spend 20 minutes cleaning this desk up. And I bet it wouldn't even take 20 minutes, probably like 10 because it's not that bad right now. So if I set my timer for 20 minutes and say this desk will be clean at the end of 20 minutes, it's going to get done. And it's going to be focus time that I'm going to get it done. Now, my timer on my cell phone plays the Rocky theme. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love Rocky and all the movies and I'm a huge fan, right? So when my timer on my phone goes off, it plays the Rocky theme. So when my timer goes off and I'm finished my task, I dance around the room with my arms in the air like Rocky because I love that. And then I bask in my own success. And so that's how I reward myself for getting something done. Can you picture that? And I actually do it. 
even ask the people at work. I will oftentimes when I accomplish something like getting a tooth out of a pet's mouth, I'll hold it up in the air and dance around with my fists in the air and sing the Rocky tune. So that's kind of what I do. But you can do whatever you want. Whatever floats your boat. That's what it's all about. Have some fun with it. Set yourself some time limits. Set your timer with a really fun song. So when you're done with your task, you can dance. Or if you don't like to dance, set it with some classical music or sing a song. If you're like my daughter and you're an opera singer, sing opera, whatever you love. Okay, so those are my tips for getting things done this week. It's your homework to work on your inner story this week and create more focus for yourself. Get some things done, even if it's one tiny little thing a day. The momentum will get you going. If you're feeling really overwhelmed and stuck, reach out to me. I will help you narrow things down and help you get through this. Don't suffer in silence. We are here to help you. I'm here to help you. Other people are out there to help you. So if I'm not the right one, I can get you to somebody that is the right one. So go to my website and sign up for free coaching or just send me an email. If you want to just ask me a question over email, I'd be happy to answer it. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Go to my website and sign up for free coaching or my Wednesday weekly words. I would love to hear from you. I love knowing that you're out there and that I'm talking to somebody every week. And if you get one tiny little thing out of each podcast, you're making progress, right? And that's what I love about life is just getting slightly better each day. My website is juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. And don't forget to check out Bub Guzzler, the new tune from uh, DRBB Music. And you'll probably hear some of their music at the end of this podcast. So I'll be happy to talk to you again next week. Have a beautiful, focused week. Bye. Bye.